you'll notice that in, in the uh, the Art of the Goosebumps books where there's, you know, there's, again, same thing, three separate sketches for every cover. But then you'll see as it goes down the road, you go, ah, oh, oh, that one looks like a little bit like that one that didn't get picked, you know, in an earlier book. You've just repurposed it. Here it is. And now it's getting its day in the, in the sun. Tokyo tonight. What's going on, guys? How are you? All good. <laughs> All good. Awesome. And the book, by the way, is called The Art of Goosebumps, which I'm really excited about. I love books like this. Um, I got to ask you, in the how much input do you have when somebody's putting together something like this? Um, surprisingly little. Um, <laughs> a story of my life. <laughs> hey, yeah, put out a book about me and don't ask me any questions. So, um, oh, my God. That's horrible. So the way it works is um, if I wanted to put out a book about me and the Goosebumps art, I would reach out to Scholastic and say, hey, you know, I'd like to do this book. Can I get the rights? And we'll, let's put this book together. Right. I'm not that guy. I'm not going to do a book about me. I, right. I, I, I would find it incredibly tedious. So <laughs> somebody else stepped up to the plate and said, hey, you know, we want to put out a book about, you know, Tim's art. And right. um, so it started, it stopped, it started, it stopped, and it had kind of, it had kind of gone away. Oh wow! And out of a, out of like sheer luck, uh, they reached out to this book designer uh, that I happened to be friends with for over thirty years, and they just said, uh, you know, Mark, do you want to do this? He calls me all excited, and I was already. I was already over it. I'm going, ah, that thing's not going to happen. And, 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 you know, I'm, you know, I'm bad mountain, bad mouth in the thing. Right. And, uh, so uh, he's like, no, no. And I was like, all right, this is good. I, I know you'll do a great job. Um, I know he designs well. He really wanted me to give him my input. And oh. I purposely did not because I wanted this book to be his version or his, you know, his representation of my art. So That's truly, cool. I, I wrote uh, I wrote a little introduction and the rest of it, uh, I had nothing to do with. That's awesome. So like, do you, do you ever like, you know, even when they are doing something like that or doing a tribute to you or whatever, or do you ever feel the urge to kind of step in and be like, I really like this piece and you forgot to put it in. Can you uh, slip that in there? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, you know, I, I know that it's all going to get in there and I'd rather somebody else's interpretation of it gets out there. Uh, I think I would just, I would labor over it way too hard. And I yeah. think some of the magic would get lost because I'd be trying, I'd be trying way too hard. Right. So, um, that is so much more level-headed than I think of like any, <laughs> anytime I talk to comedians, they're like, I need full fucking control yeah. <laughs> over my own shit, which is good and bad. Cause then you're just like, Oh, it's, it's just the same. Like, it's cool to see somebody else interpret your own work at a certain yeah. point. Yeah. And the, the, the thing about the goosebumps stuff is there's so much of it. Um, I, I know 
the the good stuff's going to get in there. You know, there's there's literally hundreds of pieces, yeah, so, a hundred pieces. So um, yeah, I, I it, it it came out it came out real nice. Uh, I give the guy a lot of credit because I just turned over some massive boxes of sketches and folders and stuff that's over 30 years old and mm. he sorted it all out and scanned it all in. So that's, that's the thing that's nice about the book is you get to see the covers, but you also see the sketches and the introduction to how the thought process went oh, on beautiful. each one of the covers. That was always my favorite thing when I was a kid. I loved seeing how artists created their Cause I was, a, I, I wanted to be a cartoonist when I was younger. That was like, it was either a comedian or cartoonist. So I had no intention of ever really making money, but I was like, this is definitely, <laughs> those are definitely two things. You I know. Just, you, said, you, pick, you picked the, the two strong contenders for that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Right? Like, you're just like, I was like, Oh, everyone's like, Oh, he's going to be poor. Um, but no, but like I, I loved anytime I got my hands on a book um, that, that kind of explained, like, I think a couple of the guys that did in the beginning, I think there was a, um, Berkeley Breath did uh, um, an, like a Bloom County book where I think he had like notations on the side. A couple of those guys like really had like, this is what it used to look like. This is what it got to when it got to the syndicate. So that I can't wait for that, man, because that's that's something I'm going to pick your brain about now is just how the process starts. But I feel like for anybody that wants to be an artist, figuring out what goes on in your head is the best thing like ever. Because um, it really kind of blew Because also like, I don't think people realize in any art necessarily is how many, um, how much like how many drafts you have to wade through, whether you're writing or, or drawing. And like, you know, a lot of it is getting out bad ideas to you. Cause sometimes when I was a kid, I would have a sketchbook and I'd be like, crap, crap, crap you know, like, <laughs> like, but you, you think you're the only one that happens to. And when you find out it's like, no, it took me five different drawings to get to this perfect book cover. You're like, Holy shit. Yeah. That's, I, I, I had a, uh, teacher in art school who said, you know, uh, you have 1,200 really bad drawings in you. And the sooner you get them out, the sooner you can get through the better ones, and then they'll progressively get better for that. But at the beginning, just crank them. Don't stop. Don't, right. you know, don't, don't, you know, get too bogged down on it. Just to, if that one's no good, toss it and get to the next one. Yeah. Did you, did it take you a while to like not be so, um, I don't know if the word's precious necessarily, but you know what, you know how some people like, like they get really like hung up on the thing they did that they don't want to do it over again. Did yes. it take you a while to get through that process sure. and realize it? Yeah, of course, because at the beginning it's everything is, is laborious. It's hard. You, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're really getting your skills together while you're getting your thoughts together. And it's not until much, much later on where your skills are there, you know, how to get that stuff that's in your head out onto the paper. So at the beginning, when you work on something so hard to get it to look good, it may not be the right idea, but you work so hard to get it to look good. You don't want to give it up. Right. And yeah. You'll, it, it's, it's that thing where you, when someone, you know, an art director or someone doesn't like something and soon as you hear yourself when they go, oh, you know, I'm not really sure that's it. Soon as you hear yourself starting to defend that art, mm -hmm. get over it, get past it. The minute you're defending it, you're wrong. You're wrong. They don't like it. Do something else. Don't defend it because you can talk for another 45 minutes and they're still going to say, yeah, I still don't like it. <laughs> 
that's such great advice, man. Because it is it is a thing that like when I was younger, no matter what I was doing, you really fight for like a thing, and you're just like, what's the point? You're getting paid to do a job, and uh, you know, that's it. And and as an illustrator, it it's somebody else's work. You're you're the hired gun. They're asking you to do something. So it's their art. And if that you like blue and they like green, green it is. Yeah. Because yeah. they're paying for it. So do you, do you prefer gigs where people are um, more precise about what they want? Or do you like it when they go, I like you and I trust you what you're doing, go nuts? Um, both, to be perfectly okay. honest. Uh, you know, if somebody just says, oh, I trust you, run with the ball. That's awesome. You know, cool. I can do that. I, I'm going to put it right in my sweet spot or however I feel that week. And mm -hmm. we're going to have something really nice. Uh, I also like the challenge of, oh, I have this vision. I've never seen you do something like this. What do you think? And a lot of times it's like, ooh, I, you know, that's going to be a challenge. And right. that raises your game. And, you know, you'll get it to work. But, uh, yeah, I like those, uh, you know. I, the only time I don't like working with someone else's idea is when it sounds like they saw something that I did and they're just describing another older piece. Right. And it's like, uh, yeah, you know what you're saying there, but you know, in my head, I'm going, I know which one you saw. Yeah. Something different for all of us. You, you'll look better in the long run. I'll look better too. If we don't repeat something. Right. That's a good point, man. I didn't think of how many people must not be that, not be even creative enough to get the idea of something they saw that you did out of their head where they're like, I need it just like this. And you're like, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> it's already on, a, it's already yeah, on the cover yeah, of a book. We, we did, well, you never say you can't. Yeah, you just, you work around it. You decide, right. No is never a good answer. Right. Uh, but yeah, you, you work around it and you, you, so almost always I try to do two or three uh, sketches for any particular job the first one you do is exactly what they told you okay no matter what whether you like it or not the first one is exactly it then right. you take something where you go okay let's use a little of what they had and put it into a different form that you know you think may work better and then the third one is the crapshoot that's the one where you go well uh, you know i'm gonna just pull something out of left field and see if i can get this to work and now we have three things to work with Nice. So, um, yeah, but you always got to give them what they want, even though you're sure they're probably going to pick the other two, but you got to make sure you, you give them what they want. They've always, it, it will make them more accepting of those other two ideas. If you can do that. Do you, are you a fan of like, if you draw something for somebody and you give them a few options, do you always go, okay, you know what, this is for this particular person, even though they didn't choose the other two, they get locked away because that project's done. Or do you go, I bet you I can take this piece, tweak it a little, and then use it for something else. Oh, absolutely. Uh, ideas. So <clears throat> they do. You you find that when you have a good idea, it, it stays and mm -hmm. it will float to the surface again when that thing will apply. Nice. So, no, there's no wasted. Nothing's wasted. Cool. Um, you know, uh, you'll notice that in, in the, uh, the Art of the Goosebumps books where there's, you know, there's, again, same thing three separate sketches for every cover, but then you'll see as it goes down the road, you go, oh, oh that one looks like a little bit like that one that didn't get picked, you know, in an earlier book, you've just repurposed it, here it is, and now it's getting its day in the, in the sun. And uh, yeah, so uh, all ideas will roll around and uh, if it's good, it'll make it back to the surface. Nice. 
When did you, uh, were you, did you always want to be an artist when you were younger or like, how did that kind of pass? Come so about? I'm old enough that, um, being an artist wasn't considered a job, you mm -hmm. know, uh, my dad knew how to draw and, uh, you know, drawing was something we did, but it was mostly as a, a tool to describe stuff. My father, Hey, oh, I'm wow. going to build a deck on the back of the house and it's going to look like this. And he would draw on the napkin and, you know, perfect perspective and all that stuff. And you go, wow. Oh, that's a handy tool. So we just drew as a, as a communication skill. Mm -hmm. Um, the guy who grew up next door to me, he was also into art and we would, you know, spend time drawing stuff on paper along with every other crazy thing that we used to do as kids. But I, I never thought of it as a job. And um, so I was a senior in high school and uh, the way they did it at our high schools, you had to have a hundred credits to graduate. And okay. when you got to be a senior, most of us were already had real close to that number of credits. So they gave you the option of get, taking a half a day your senior year. Mm. Now, my father was having none of that. So <laughs> he said, I don't care what you do. I don't care if you take basket weaving. I don't care if you take cooking classes. You figure out how to take classes and stay in school. And I uh, went down to the guidance counselor, and I, that's what I said. I was going, uh, got some basket weaving. or, uh, <laughs> And he's like, uh, he said, no, but he said, they have this new class at the, at the vocational school, and we'll, we'll drive you there uh, in the morning, uh, and they teach commercial art. Uh, he goes, do you know what that is? And I'm going, not really. So... <laughs> That's where I got my exposure to art as a business, and it just it blew wow. me. Wow! And uh, yeah, I got I got hooked the, the, in the first forty five minutes I was there. Wow! Did your dad at the time when he was younger too ever think that the art was like he had that skill? And I know you said that it wasn't considered something that you could use as a job, but did he have a real passion for it? Is that where it came from with him? Yeah, too, he, he 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 later in life went back to painting he painted until he was 90 years old wow um, you know he had a real creative flair to him i think in another you know another time period um and if he had other options yeah he could have ended up doing something in the creative world i don't know what but uh yeah he had a passion for it too yeah, see, I had an uncle. Uh, well, I mean, he's still alive. I don't know why I said it like that. But I, I had an uncle, and uh, I still have an uncle. Uh, he's if he watches this, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> he, um, he, he basically like. I didn't know he could draw. It was one of those things where I started drawing first when I was younger, and then would always have these sketchbooks and whatever. And we were just sitting at the kitchen table one time, and he banged out this fucking Spider-Man on a train out of the blue and i was just like what the f like it was magic and i had no idea that anybody else in my family could do anything like that and then he but he um yeah he could draw really well too so but it was one of those things the same thing where like when he was younger it was just not i think his wife had talked him out of it at some point where she was just like you gotta stop fucking drawing because uh, we need to eat or whatever you know what i mean you know italian brooklyn that kind of thing yeah, too so yeah. he just stopped but he loved it. i mean he still he can still do it and it's crazy well it, it What's nice about it is he can still do it. It never goes away. And just because you're not using it to make your, 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 your living mm -hmm. doesn't, you know, sometimes that's a, a little more of a gift because if you have another job, you make your money over here, but in your free time and in, for your personal enjoyment, 
you do your art over here. That's a that's a that's a nice thing. Right. As soon as you say this is my job, now this is your job. And there are plenty of days where I don't feel like doing this, but right. that's my job and we're going to make it happen. Listen, I'm sure professional baseball players come October are going, I can't wait to get off this field. So uh, <laughs> yeah. same thing happens with me. You know, there's days where, but now that I'm saying this out loud, but the days where you don't feel like doing it and mm-hmm. you sit down and you force yourself over that those first couple of humps and you get going, usually something good happens or you've just taught yourself how to get over those, you know, you jump started the motor and yeah. you go, okay, I got it. We got this. We're going to, we're back into the rhythm of it. So even on those days when it's not that much fun, yeah, you can, you can get a lot out of it. Right. When, when, sorry. I was going to ask, when did it click for you that this could be something that this is how I make my living? So at the beginning, it's, total ignorance. So (laughs) you believe that you can do this. And if I knew now, then there's no way I would have, I would have got scared because the Mm. the odds were not, you know, they're not good. So yeah, I got it in my head. So the way the, uh, the art school I went to was called Spectrum Institute was in Somerville, New Jersey. And their whole thing was, we're going to make you a well-rounded individual. We're going to teach you a little bit of everything, but we're all going to teach you some of those baseline uh, commercial art skills that when you get out of here, you can go to a magazine or a newspaper and you can get in and you can get in on the ground floor and do, you know, back then it was called paste up and mechanical. You can do that stuff and then you can start to work yourself up the ladder and, and, you know, eventually maybe do an illustration for, you know, for the magazine and then you could take it to the next thing. So, yeah, I was like, well, I think I'll just skip all those steps and I'm going to go right to doing books. And uh, I had a teacher who was a successful book illustrator and he saw that I was crazy enough and I was going for it. And uh, when I graduated, like the day of graduation, Mm -hmm. he said, all right, I'm going into the city today. I'm going to bring you with me. I have to turn in a piece of art and I'm, I just want you to come and get used to going into an art director's office. I'm going to introduce you to the guy. He's not giving you a job. He said, bring your portfolio. I want him to look at it, but this is more of just get it in your head. What it's like to come and see uh, an art director. And uh, so, you know, we hop in his, his, uh, his Smokey and the Bandit uh, Firebird from '78, uh, <laughs> and uh, we uh, we go into Manhattan and we go into this art director's office, and this guy who was my teacher was an amazing artist, and the piece of artwork he was turning in was just mind-blowingly good. You know, I he didn't even I didn't see it before we got there, so I'm you know just in awe. And when you go or when you used to go to art director's offices all along the walls on all four walls, all the way around the room were paintings all lined up and stacked, maybe 10 or 12 deep, just leaning against the wall. These were all ongoing jobs or past jobs. And every piece of art was more fantastic than the next one. And, you know, after he goes through, you know, with his 
talk with the art director. He's like, okay, I want let me see your stuff. I didn't even want to take it out of the out of the bag. <laughs> <laughs> I was just, I, yeah, it was one of those things where you're like, oh, I am so in over my head. I, yep. So but it was good. You know, the guy said some nice things and I went home and I took that portfolio. They said, all right, I can't go back. I got to and throw it away. I got to, you know, and the guy said, look, you need six or eight good pieces before you come back here. When you get them, come back and see me. I'll, I'll, I'll take a look at your stuff. And uh, yeah, spent the next, uh, year and a half two years putting it back together again and went back in pounded and pounded and pounded but finally got that first cover wow. and uh you know it was they were very few and far between so you know you're not gonna make it, it's hard to live on four thousand dollars a year and uh <laughs> so you would do your art and then have a side job and uh right. Like uh, you, so you're talking about comedy clubs. So up in Lake Apacon, there used to be a place called the Upper Deck, and it was a comedy club in the '80s. Yeah. So I used to my my ex-wife was the bartender, and I was the seating guy. So uh, yeah, and I worked there every weekend. Saw some of the greatest comics coming through there. You got to tell me who you saw. Oh, uh, Kinnison. Uh, oh my God. Don was there all the time. He's I my, love Don. Don's my absolute because. He was one of those guys who the guy you see on stage is the guy who's off stage. Yep. And he didn't care that I was a dumbass kid, you know, Cedar. He was as nice to me as he was to anybody else. And absolutely. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so you, had to, you had to hold down that side job. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that was fun. That that was there was nothing like working at a comedy club. Yeah, man. I opened for Dom. The first time I met him, I opened for him at Governor's on Long Island. Oh, wow. And he got, but you're absolutely right, man. He is like, he treats you like an equal. I was just a middle, you know what I mean? I was opening yeah. for the first time. I was a little nervous about opening for him because I loved him forever. But we sat in the back room. He turns on the TV and it's like the basic cable channel. And, um, um, oh my God. Uh, I'm blanking on the name. This is a dystopia tradition, by the way. Just people forgetting the names of, uh, I swear to God, everybody that comes on this show was like, what, what is the name of the, and you're like, New York. And then like, yes, the city. Uh, it's always something ridiculous. Um, you know, uh, Jay Black and the Americans. Oh, okay. So Jay Black is on and he's singing Carmia. So I'm like, I sit down and I start saying something. Cause I, you know, I love that shit too. And we just started talking about music and he's a huge Beatles fan. And then from that point on, I felt like totally at ease doing whatever. And then he got me into the Laugh Factory in Chicago. Wow. And I was dating this girl that was going to law school out there. So every time I got to go out, I at least got to do the club, especially when Don was there. One of the nicest dudes ever. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah. I, that, that whole story doesn't surprise me in the least. Yeah. Just a great, great fucking yeah. guy. That's awesome that you worked at a, at a, at a comedy club too, man. So you, you said you were doing, um, you just got right into the book thing too. Did it? Did you try to get stuff into magazines too, or were you trying to just sell it, or were you like? No, it was. I had just a laser focus book covers. Every wow. piece I painted looked like a book cover. You know, the top one third dead sure. type, and you know, uh, also kept it into a. You know, I wanted to do the the sci fi fantasy type stuff, and uh, so nice I painted the stuff so that it, it tried to hit that sweet spot, and uh, yeah. It, like I said, we I I was able to get a book cover after a while. I, I forget how long it took, but it didn't happen fast. But as soon as you have a cover, it's way easier to get the next cover. It's getting oh. that first guy to go, yeah, your stuff looks okay, 
but you know, we don't know if you're, you know, if you're going to flame out on us, you know, you got a deadline, you got it, you know, yeah, this stuff is good. How long did that take you? You can't take six months on it. I need this thing back in, you know, in, in four weeks. Right. So, um, yeah, uh, the book publisher was Daw, D-A-W. They did science fiction stuff. And Daw was run by a guy named Donald A. Waldheim. So uh, huh. Donald at the time, he had to be in his mid-80s. And wow. he was not a pleasant dude. He was not. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, was, uh, he had been around way too long. And uh, he was having none of it. So, uh, you know, I grew up playing sports, so it was just like having a tough coach. And right. yeah. you, know, you go in and don't don't make small talk. Get to the point. Do what he says. Turn in the artwork. And, uh, you know, if he wants tweaks on it, you, you say, yes, don't defend yourself. And uh, <laughs> uh, move on. And uh, so, yeah, once you have that first piece, it's easier to go down the street and say, hey, you know, the guy up the road said I could do this. I turned it on time. Uh, you know, I proved myself responsible. And nice. it's that it's the more so at the beginning. It's the yeah, yeah, your stuff has to be good. But it's more about the um, getting it done on time. You know, mm -hmm. the, the book business runs not as tight as the magazine business, but it still ran real tight. And right. uh being responsible and getting your stuff done, getting good artwork done on time uh, is, is huge. It's almost more important than how good the art is. You know, like if you know how to dial it back a little to get it in that morning, then dial it back a little and get wow. it in the morning. How do long do you remember? Oh, I'm sorry. I was no, going to no, say, no, do you remember your first, the, the first one? Do you remember what type of book it was? And do you remember the art you did for it? Uh, the first book cover. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't forget that. <laughs> yeah, no way. Yeah. yeah, it was a science fiction piece, and uh, um, it was a it was a time portal. So the there was a a triangle shaped stone, and this woman was shooting through it, and um, uh, there were some planets in the background. It, it it came out real, you know, I, I'll say it now. It came out really nice. And I don't ever say, I rarely say that my stuff is any good at all, period. <laughs> but for, you know, for a first go and to get, get your foot in the door, it was a really good piece. And I got a couple of more pieces from them uh, nice. after that. But the, the first one was definitely the best of the three pieces I did for Nice. Them. How was the process learning in real time to like, pick up your your uh you know the pace of the artwork with the deadline like did it take you a long time to kind of um learn to learn to do that thing learn to taper it back a little bit like sacrifice it how did you find up um no what you end up doing at the beginning so like i said it wasn't like i was overwhelmed with work you know work right, right. scarcity yeah. so when it came in i just became obsessed with it and okay. i gave it all my waking hours i just was all over it because I know two weeks from now I'm going to be sitting there watching Captain Kangaroo again. So uh, not a bad show. Not a bad show at all. <laughs> no. So, um, that guy fought yeah. in a war, I think. So you know, it's the least we could have done was watch his show. Can you imagine? You know, it's weird. That's one of those things where, like, you find out a small detail about a kid show, like a guy like that. And I'm yeah. like, I can't see Captain Kangaroo killing anybody. I got to be honest with you. But I mean, maybe he was snapping necks, and you know. Probably was. Right, whatever he was doing, and now he hosts a kid show. 
weird. Um, so yeah, so you, 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 I just put in all my time and then I got to, uh, I, I learned to figure out, well, how long does a, a piece take? Mm-hmm. And you start to get it into a box where, <clears throat> all right, my art is going to take me between 30 and 40 hours to, to get it where I want it to be. Cool. Now you know that it's in that time frame. So if they gave you a month, you're you're cool. You know, you don't you don't you can just work a little bit here, a little bit there, go do your job, go do what you want to do. Or, you know, they don't give you a lot of time and you're like, uh-oh, I gotta crank this out. I better stay up, you know, put in some extra hours today, work on Saturday. And you just you once you get it figured out what how much time you actually need, it gets a little bit easier to cool. to, to structure the time around it. Uh, what do you think of the um, the difference in between? Because you were talking about like, you know, you went in to see a guy, you know what I mean? Back in the day to, to get your stuff approved or whatever it is now. Did I went it, in to see a guy. When you went to see a guy, you saw a guy. <laughs> That's what I... Job, you know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're telling my whole family's Italian? Uh, <laughs> not a, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, but, but like, did, was that a, you know, when that when it's changed obviously because even even if like i go to submit something it's weird like um because i've i had a book out like of cartoons or whatever not anywhere near your level but i i like to draw cartoons and when i was in when i was on the road i was doing it in hotel rooms basically and, and you know like drawing my little comic strips and pose them and then before i knew it i just had a shit ton of them so i i did it in this art gallery or whatever they asked me to put my stuff up and it was kind of fun but i didn't realize that like you don't go to offices. I'm so dumb about it. I was like, I was like, oh, you don't go to anybody's office? Because that's what I read in literally every cartooning book. And it's like, you have to email it. Is that changed? Did that change while you were yeah, still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it did. Yeah, 100%. So in so I, I'm, I'm hitting the business at, in, in 1985. I'm, I'm starting to get a little traction. Right. So 80, late 80s into the 90s. This is the whole business is still traditional. Mm-hmm. So your artwork mm-hmm. is tangible. It fits in a portfolio case. Right. When you need to show some to somebody, you got to carry that thing around or mm-hmm. you'll have uh, what were called transparencies, which were, were eight by 10 slides and they would hold them up to the light and they were really nice. Oh, wow. I didn't even art. know that. But everything was in person. You went and you saw people and you mm-hmm. knocked on doors and uh, you would go in uh, to drop your work off. Like when you were looking for work, there were drop off days. So right. I would drive into the city. My ex-wife would drive around the block. I would take my shit and go mm-hmm. upstairs and drop it off at the door. Then uh-huh. I'd come back down, get in the car and drive home. And we'd wow. go to work that day. Then you'd wake up the next morning, go in, pick up the art from this place, then drive down the street and take it to this place, get back in the car and drive home. And so that's how you moved your art around until somebody said, Oh, I like what it is. You know, come on in. Like when you pick up the art, sometimes there would be that note. Hey, we like you. Come on in. And you get to meet somebody. So, wow. yeah, everything, everything was tangible. Handshakes. Got to see you. You got to come in. So that worked to my advantage because I live 50 miles outside of Manhattan. Now, the game, that's the game. And so that kid who's an awesome artist who lives in Kentucky, 
He isn't getting in to see those, those things equal as me. Right. It became a home court advantage. And I got, you know, I was lucky enough to, for my dad to get a house in New Jersey. And I ended up staying here. And uh, so, yeah, the the ability to get in to, to meet those people really uh, it was the, the, the real start to the thing. Then nice. Once we hit the 2000s and digital started to come along, that's where it all started to get different. So first, your art's no longer tangible. Mm -hmm. It's now electronic. So, okay, I can shoot that stuff all over the place. So, oh, well, I'm not so trapped here anymore in New York. I can get my clients out on the West Coast or or in other countries. Easy yeah. enough. And, um, yeah, and then uh, – Going, having to go in was just something that you did after a while, you know, just because you wanted to shake that person's hand. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than in the past couple of years with Zoom, I mean, you did tons of calls. I talked to people for years on the phone and I never knew what they looked like. Right. And then you'd meet them that day and you'd be like, what the fuck? That's not what you're supposed to look like. I, I imagine you different. Why you're killing me here? <laughs> That's so true. It's so fucking true. Yeah, I, I feel like if I would have worked with artists like that, I would have been like, I, when I meet you for the first time, I want you to come in with a rendition of what you think I look like. Oh, that's a great idea. So I can just hang it on my walls. <laughs> no, that's a great idea. That is hilarious. I that would be that. so awesome. I love that. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm. I'm one of those weirdos who like. I still. I still prefer talking on the phone. Over and meeting people over anything to fucking do with email or text. Like I'm the I'm the outlier in my generation where like like people are like if you don't if it's, you're not fucking dying don't call me and I'm like call me because we can get this conversation over with Toot Sweet yeah uh, you know or whatever it is and I even like I've I've called like uh, I just had to talk to some press dude the other day about something but I made the phone call and they were like hello like <laughs> like I was like hey I'm like you're smooth and they're like oh yeah I just didn't expect a call from you I'm like why. <laughs> you still have a phone, right? <laughs> Why didn't you expect a call? It's weird as shit, man. I, I I like doing that much better. But you're right about the like getting you can go anywhere with it or whatever. Um, yeah, but that also now. So if uh, you're uh, you know you're a new artist and you're getting into the game today, it's it's great for the fact that you can get your art in front of people. As easy if whether you live anywhere in the United States, you can get your stuff in front of right. people, but so can everybody else. Yeah. So, you know, it's easier to get to you, but you're dealing with, you know, a hundred times the amount of people that were had exposure to it that I did. So mm -hmm. um, it, it cuts both ways. Uh, if you're good, eventually people are going to, you know, they're going to see your stuff. Um Social media is incredible. I have paintings that I did years ago that, I, I, no lie, I finished them. They went on book covers. The book never sold. Uh, you know, I put the painting in my attic. 20 people have seen it in its, in, you know, in its lifetime. Right. Everything I finish now, I throw up on social media. Thousand people see it, you know, yeah. in, in one day. And that's all I want out of my art. You know, like it doesn't do anything else. I just need people to look at it. I right. Care if you like it, you know, like it, don't like it, just eyeballs, just yeah. look at it. And now, so from, from that perspective, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Right. So and that's all I, 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 
Okay. Sorry. I saw I keep jumping in. No, I apologize. No, no, no. I don't Joe. care. So uh, I now here's my question. Be- with this huge takeoff in NFTs, and you're a true artist with so many incredible pieces that you've put out on social media like that, have you contemplated trying to cash in on the NFT? So I, I, I've done I've done a couple of pieces. I'm 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 trying to teach myself. Um, so uh, in the past year, uh, I've mm-hmm. put up five different pieces, different kinds of things. None of the you know not any of the the goosebumps art or anything else they were just like all right i have this piece what happens when i put this piece up because if something goes wrong you know my heart's not going to be broken because that piece went you know it went awry um uh, also i did some pieces just for the nft market what i thought was all right these people are this i think they'll like this so i'll do some quick and easy stuff again same thing if it doesn't go Oh, it's okay. So I've learned a lot. I still have a lot to learn. Um, I would like to put just because just because you see the crazy numbers that are out there, it would be really nice to be able to put up a piece and have either a bunch of people buy buy into it or a whale comes along and and buys that thing up. Yeah. um, But there's uh, yeah. Right now, it's down to I have to find a NFT expert or an NFT person who has some sort of law background, because yeah. with the goosebump stuff, there's copyrights that are there, and yeah. I, I've I've read you know you go you read everything on the internet, and as you know, everything on the internet is true. So <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I've read stuff where you know everything across the board of you know. Yeah, you can still do it, whether you are the, the copyright holder, you can sell it to, no, you can't do it. So, again, I have to talk to somebody who knows a little bit more about it. It's um, it's interesting. Um, I'm not I'm not in a thousand percent yet. Okay. Um, yeah. Here's why. And it's real basic stuff. So I have a steady stream of work that comes in. You know, people reach out to me. Can you do this? Can you do that? And I always have a, a backlog of work. I have something on the board and I have at least, you know, two people waiting. And I don't I don't make a long waiting list. So if I have two people waiting, if people start calling in, I just say I'm not taking on any work at this time. I'm not taking on work at this time. So these are 100 percent going to happen. These jobs are 100 percent going to happen. So. I do them, I get paid, and it works great. With the NFT thing, I'm guessing. And yeah. then I put a piece up, and then you have to pay them to mine the piece. Yeah. So you're paying a certain amount of money to put it up. And it's not a lot, but you know it can be $100. It could be $60, depending on what the market is that day. So you're now spending money to put it out there. And then yeah. I've had... You know, I've had a few not sell. And it's like, wow, you know, I'm spending money and then it doesn't sell. I got all these people right here who that's 100 percent going to buy it. So I've steered away from it a little bit. But again, it's mostly because I really don't know what I'm doing yet. Yeah, it's a weird thing, too, because you're basically racing a clock while trying to figure out like you want to be involved in it. 
But at the same time, you're like, I don't know how long this is going to be something people are into. Yes. Yes. And then, but how much time do you spend trying to figure it out versus working on what you, like you said, what you know is actually going to make you money. It's such a weird thing. It's a balance. So I think it's here to stay for a while. Mm. Uh, I got a nice jump start into it because I, <laughs> so I get texts and letters from fans, you know, 24, 24. Yeah. And I keep weird hours. I get up at 4 a.m. every day wow. and I, I start working then. So I'm sitting, having my cup of coffee at 4 a.m. And I get a, a text from somebody. And this was, again, a year ago. It goes, you don't know who I am. Uh, I'm a big Goosebumps fan. Uh, you know, I'm in the, the, the crypto market. You got to get into NFTs. And if you ever want to talk to somebody about it, you know, I'm not trying to make money. I just think you'll do well there. And I just wow. said, okay. And I wrote back, I said, how about now? And he's <laughs> like, uh, okay. And I got him on the phone and he talked like he, he was a fast talker, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and he's given me way too much information. I said, all right, let's stop right there. I said, here's what we're going to do. I said, I'm doing this. I said, you got to break this down, break okay. it down into small pieces. I said, you're going to give me three steps and I'm going to go do those three steps. And I'm going to call you back and say, okay, I'm there. Now give me three more steps. And that's how I got my first piece mind. It took nice. you know, three phone calls, but then we eventually you know, three phone calls and probably a, a 10 day period. And I got wow. my first piece up. So, wow. That's great. Yeah. Congratulations, man. That's awesome. Yeah. It was, uh, again, it was, uh, you know, every once in a while you gotta go, all right, I don't know if this guy knows anything, but now <laughs> yeah. my new best friend and we're going to make this happen. <laughs> I, I want it. Like, I feel like, you said you would make three drafts for a cover. Yeah. I almost want you to create like an NFT like section where it's like instead of goosebumps, it's just bumped gooses, and it's those other two covers all over. Bumped gooses. That's 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 a that is a, a thought that I've had as well. Um, uh, great minds think alike, and uh, but uh, yeah, that you know the ones because there are plenty of good ones in there, and these are the you know in an alternate universe these for no apparent reason at all they just didn't get picked and yeah, yeah we could go through the whole series again with uh, uh the, the the goosebumps that didn't get picked that's great that's man so I, I, and it, that would be i think that i think you would clean up with that in the nft thing that'd be fucking amazing if that happens i want to be one of the first ones to purchase it because i know it's go. going up there you go yeah <laughs> that's it me and we john need, are in we need a dystopia tonight one that we can like hang in the bed when we <laughs> when we finally get back to a studio we need to hang one on the wall that'd be great Oh my god! Um, I got I gotta ask you about the the virtual versus because I know like again when you started something like that do you like because behind me is a Cintiq I love that thing but I always feel like I'm cheating so like <laughs> you know what I mean where you're like I'm like oh this is this is fucking robbery you know um, but I do like I do like doing my iPad and stuff like that did you do you like the the digital world so. Uh... I was traditional all the way. There was no such thing as digital when I got mm -hmm. started. Uh, all the Goosebumps, original Goosebumps are all traditional. Right. And uh, in uh, 2000, uh, the, that's when the digital world started to come in heavy into the book market. And it got to a point where they said, okay, if you want to stay in this, you got to, you know, there's going to be a cutoff point. It's not today. But you better learn how to do this because there's going to be a cutoff point and we're not going to want any more traditional art. And a lot of guys bailed. And wow. um, I uh, I was not happy about it. You know, I was not one of those. Sure, this is going to be fun. I can't wait to do this. 
Right. I was yeah. I, I went kicking and screaming into the into the digital age. It was it was not fun. Uh, I I kind of hated it at the beginning because I had developed all these skills and techniques and things that I did and I had a routine and like I said I could I knew exactly how long everything was going to take. Right and now they've given me a you know a stick and a rock and they said now make good art and I I couldn't you know like yeah. it just wasn't working and then you have that first you know job that you're working on and the you uh you know you're working late at night and you go to do something and you copy the files over and you copy over the wrong file and now you've just lost your artwork right and you just sit there and you like that doesn't happen in the traditional world when, <laughs> when i go and eat my lunch and i come back that fucking painting is still sitting there on the desk it doesn't disappear so uh That's yeah so i true. you know it was it was horrible at first. Then you start to get some traction. You go, okay, now I get it. And then you go, oh, there's a whole, there's a whole new way of doing what I've been doing for the past 20 years. And this is going to be a new spin. And I can do a lot of different things that I couldn't do before. Right. So the way I, I use it now is if your job is commercial, you're, you want an album cover, a book cover, a magazine cover, it's going to be done digital. If you're hiring me to hang something on your wall, I'm, I'll do you a traditional piece. Um, cool. What I try to do, I spent a long time making sure that my digital art really looked like my traditional art. It took a long time to get, get it where I needed it to be. Mm. Uh, one of the things that I do now and continue to, I started then and continue to do now is everything starts out as a hand drawing. You know, it's pencil on paper and, you know, the same technique I used to use when I worked traditionally. And then when I get the sketch where I want it, then I scan it in and then all the rendering is done in there. So there's a there's a traditional tactile feel to it before right. it's the digital world. And uh, that keeps it looking very uh, hand done. Nice. I remember when they when they first did that and they let you finally take whatever you'd drawn on a piece of paper and take a picture of it and it would put it on the computer. Like I, I like that was always so fucking cool to me because it meant that you could, like you said, combine the two. Right. Um, was it uh, did it improve the speed in which you did stuff? A little. Yes. On some jobs. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, what it really that the creation of it isn't that much faster the mm. changing and fixing stuff is a hundred times faster. Right. So almost always you would turn in a, a piece of art and they go, Oh, that's really nice. Can you change the background from green to blue? Yeah, I can, but that's a, you know, that's a good day and a half's worth of work. Right. In the digital world, you tell me that I go, hold on one second, click, click <laughs> on another layer. I've already sent it over to you. Hey, take a quick look. Do you want it yeah. a little bluer? I can make it a little bluer. So the the fact that everything's on separate layers changes are are so much easier. And you can change uh, a, a lot of your art just due to the fact that they're all on different. Like when you're doing traditional art, once you get going, you you're committed. That's mm -hmm. what we're doing. And these things are this big and they fit here. And that's it on this one where you can keep continually going up. Ah, 
that would be a little cooler if that was a little bigger and that was a little smaller and you can tweak uh, uh, stuff on a, on a major level all, all the way up until the time you put your, your signature on it at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Layers are amazing. Layers are like my favorite thing ever to do anything with. Cause I, yeah. I, 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 I remember doing anything, even like when we do graphics for the show and stuff like that, I'm always like, there's like fucking 50 tabs open and I'm like, where did I put the, <laughs> you know, yeah. and don't one? need those layers. Cause that would only be helpful. So don't do that. Just I know. Leave them with numbers on them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's so dumb. I'm like, I'm like, no, I won't need to go back. I'm like, Fuck. um, yeah, it's crazy, man. Do you, uh, do you remember when you were a kid? Like, do you have, did you have favorite artists? Did you have people that inspired you to do this kind of stuff? Because the style of the Goosebumps book, especially, they're incredibly unique. I haven't ever seen anything like it. So I'm curious, did somebody inspire you? Did you create it over time on your own? How'd you get that? Yeah, the Goosebumps stuff kind of evolved on its own. I had done some other stuff. And when it, you know, it wasn't, a, you know, once I found out. So the first one we did was called Welcome to Dead House. And mm. When R.L. wrote that one and I read that one, read the, the 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 first chapter of that one, it was very traditional horror. And I was like, all right, I, I, I get it. I know what we're doing here. Mm. So the art was, you know, I, I had a different impression of what it was. And then when we got to the like, third book, I think it was the third book, Say Cheese and Die. Yeah. Then I'm going... Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's a there's a humorous element to all this stuff. This isn't this isn't serious. This is fun, you know, like there's a fun aspect to this yeah. thing. And once I got that, and then it was like, okay, what other ways can I do to make this, you know, still have the scary aspect, but do stuff that's fun. So now we're doing distortion and uh the other thing was the use of color. <clears throat> we just saturated them just for that sake of don't make it too scary. All right. I'll make it a clown show. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it, it's hard to be afraid you know, of the pink monster. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> what was it like meeting RL? Did you wind up doing a traditional way kind of a thing or how'd you wind up getting the job? Uh, we, uh, we worked together for almost for more than two years before I got a chance to shake his hand. Wow. wow. And he lives right in Manhattan. Yeah. Yeah. It? Yeah. So, uh, it's just one of those things where you think that illustrators and authors uh, are, you know, working together and having long, long conversations and right. you know, big powwows. They don't, they don't, they keep us as far apart as they can. <laughs> RL's like one of three authors that I ever met, and I've done three hundred book covers wow. in, in 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 my years. So uh, yeah, I, I had gone into the city. And uh, I think I was delivering a job and uh, they said that RO was going to be down the street, given some sort of speech or presentation uh, at a, you know, at uh, what was a club in Manhattan, you know, uh, it was a business thing. And uh, so I get there and of course there's, you know, there's 500 people there and it's like, oh shit. So <laughs> I'm looking at where the podium is. I'm going, well, if I sneak around over here and I get, you know, if I tuck over in this corner, I, I can get a better view of it. And as I tuck myself in the corner, I'm standing there and somebody taps me on the shoulder and goes, and he was standing right next to me. So I weaseled my way up next to him. 
uh, introduced myself, and uh, yeah, so that was how we met for the first time. Oh my god, that's crazy! Yeah, yeah in my head, I thought you guys were like having powwows about yeah. your book on the phone. That, that happened like that's happened recently, where we talk more. We talk now, uh, you know, uh, and we rarely work on stuff together. So now, now, now's the time that we talk. Oh, that's awesome! Wow, great uh, guy, you- great guy. He's I, that's everything I've heard about him. I heard he's like a really good guy because yeah. his books are so awesome too. And like, um, I liked the first movie that they, they came out with the Goosebumps movie. That was great. Did you get to have any kind of any input in that at all too? Did they ask you about like the designs of the stuff that you've done? Well, they but, of course nobody asked me anything, but uh, <laughs> that's the way. That's that's the first thing you know. So, so the I I hear this book. So there was. There was rumors and there was movies that almost got made back in the day when right. Pumps was popular. Uh, Tim Burton was uh, oh, uh, was wow. going to do one. But that would have been never, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it would have been unbelievable. Yeah. But it, it just never got off the ground. So now we back out 20 four years and they're going, Oh, we're going to do a goosebumps movie. And I'm just rolling my eyes. I'm going, I know how this works. This, this didn't happen. <laughs> so, then I uh, was at an event with RL and he's going, oh, no, this, you know, like they this is really happening. And, you know, Jack Black is going to be in it. And I'm going, Jack Black, you know, he's like, yeah, he's gonna be me. and I'm going, well, this isn't even close. Now I'm starting to get a little panicky. I'm going, oh, now what are they? You know, what are they? Are they going to wreck this? Right. right. And, uh, so. Then they 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 finished principal photography and they're going into doing. It took a year to do all the the digital stuff, and we're now in the summer and it's going to come out in October. So mm-hmm. nobody's asked me to do shit. So you know, <laughs> I, I I'm I'm done. So I'm going. All right, well I, I I'm going to see the movie at least. Yeah. So it's uh, the 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 last weekend of uh, the summer, and I get a call. And they're like, oh, we want to talk to you about something. Oh, you got to sign an NDA, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm going, what the, who the hell wants me? You know, like, I don't get it. I'm, I'm, right. I'm already going, I don't get it. Sign it. So they go, yeah, listen, we're working. We're trying to finish up the Goosebumps movie. We're just putting the last pieces together on it. And the way the movie comes to an end is Jack Black walks up to the, to the, the trophy case he sees the invisible boy typing. He turns and he screams at the camera and he morphs onto a Goosebumps cover. And then we roll into credits. He goes, we're trying to do that morph into the Goosebumps cover thing. And we're having a really hard time. And then one of the guys who works here said, why don't we call the guy who made all the covers and have him just make a cover? <laughs> and we all said, we're very stupid. And... <laughs> So they reach out to me on, you know, it was the holiday weekend and they're like, look, we need you to turn this thing around. You know, we need this back in like two days. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I was able to crank out a piece of artwork. So at the end of the Goosebumps movie, right at the very end, there's a piece of artwork that I made. It's only on the screen for two seconds, but wow, I'm in there. I know what you're talking wow. about, though. That's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah, that it was fun. Incredible. And the guys who I worked with were great. And, uh, uh, yeah, the, the whole thing was, uh, it was a lot of fun, even though we had to, you know, turn it around real quick. It was still a lot of fun to work with everybody. Yeah. How did you I end gotta, up liking, oh, good. 
No, I was going to ask. Now, I don't want to know numbers, numbers, because it's very personal. But was it better or worse than doing a cover? Because it's mm. a major motion picture. Were you able to get? Oh them no, to like- I, I, I no, there was not. I like if it would have been harder if they said, "Hey, do the movie poster for the movie." But right. I know I'm just sliding in at the end. I, I, yeah. I can do this with my eyes closed. Now this, it was no, they knocked it right out. All the mystery was gone. It was like it's Jack Black. He makes a face. So I just have to incorporate him into the cover and do goosebumps stuff around. Like it was all figured out. Now it was more of a, gotcha. all right, we got this many hours. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We could get this done. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Do you now, now looking back on it now, do you think Jack Black did an accurate representation of RL? Oh no, that was a, it, it was a great idea. I, I, I didn't think it was again. Mm-hmm. I went into it going, Oh man, just don't embarrass it. You know, like, yeah, yeah. It's a cool thing. Don't wreck it. Right. And uh, yeah. I was so uh, my son is 23 now. So at the time he was like 17, 16, maybe nice. when the movie came out, 17. And uh, we got I got invited to go out to California to a, a premiere and Jack oh, nice. Black would be there and a cool little movie theater. And I was like, look, I can't go. You know, I'm a single dad and my kids in school and he's not smart enough to take days off. So uh, <laughs> let's, uh, let's just, you know, I don't think this is going to happen. And they're like, no, bring them, you know, come on, you know, we're going to put you on a plane on Friday morning. He only is going to miss one day. We're going to stay here. We'll get you on a plane. We'll have you back in the parking lot at Newark airport on Sunday. And I was wow. like, all right, we're going to make this happen. So wow. uh, that was fun. It was great that he came with me because he wasn't a goose. Like he was in the wrong age group. Like he knew I did it and he knew goosebumps was cool, but it wasn't his thing. And, right. you know, and plus you're living with the old man going, Oh, come on, man. I was a contender, you know, <laughs> back, in day, back in the day, you know, so it was all just bullshit stories. So finally we went to an event where it was like, Oh, this is pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah that's gotta be awesome. Did you get to do? Did he? Did he ask you when you were younger to do a lot of drawing stuff for you? Did he understand that like you were doing all these book covers and stuff? And yeah, know. but I think it's that thing. Uh, you know, when you grow up with it, it's just that's just what my dad does. It, right. You know, it's not it's not impressive. It's right. It's it's Tuesday. You know. Yeah. It, you know. Yeah. It, it's just something that happens all the time. Um, so no, I, I I used to do that. You know, I remember for a while. I you know I, I had to get out of it because I again obsessive compulsive behaviors it's like ah do me a little sketch on my lunch bag now now i'm doing these epic you know epic lunch bags no you can't leave yet i know you're going to be 20 minutes late i gotta finish the lunch bag yeah i had had a bail had a bail on that (laughs) oh my god that's so awesome though you know it's crazy i was thinking about the movie thing because they they're i don't know why but fucking any kind of art cartoonists artists movie book guys they are not represented in film whatsoever. So like when you do see somebody kind of there, like the only one I can think of is, have you ever seen um, The Mist? Yeah. Yeah. You see that that dude is an artist for one second, a tree ruins the movie poster he's working on, and it's never <laughs> mentioned again. Yeah, do you see shit like that where you're like, fuck! And like that's scarier than them dying in the movie. You're like, but that guy's poster. <laughs> Did he get it done? I don't care if he dies. Like, what happens? That's gotta be brutal. 
Um, I got we we kept you for an hour, man. I don't know if you want to hang out for a little bit longer. Okay. Or, uh, yeah, no, cool, I'm good, awesome, dude. Good. No, no, I thought you were going to oh, okay. ask oh, our two big questions. Wanna, I was waiting. I'm, I'm going to ask him. We have we have two questions that we ask every guest. Um, so I want to see. You know, I want to ask you as well. Um, so one of them is if you can go back in time and talk to your younger self, give yourself a piece of advice that would help you today. What would it be? Um. Don't uh. Don't panic. You know, it, it, it's all going to be okay. Uh, take a couple deep breaths. Not every every job, not every incident, not every, and even beyond artwork itself, everything that goes on isn't that critical. It's not that all, all crucial. Just, you know, life happens, some good, some bad, and then you figure it out and you move on to the next thing. And, and the, the things that you think are going to kick you in the ass are never the things that kick you in the ass. It's the thing you didn't see that kicks you in the ass. So just learn to be a little bit more fluid. That's, you know, just more fluid and less rigid. Nice. Awesome. Thanks. And uh, the second question is, what had to end in your life, good or bad, that led you to where you are today? Yeah, lots of dead air here. No, no I fun. love it. Yeah, and it's great, funny because I'm watching your eyes because they're going to the direction yeah. where they say you oh, go back in your memory. I'm going to say something and I'm going to preface it with a bunch of disclaimers because mm. I don't want it to come out the way it's going to come out. So um, I was married for 32 years and I'm not married anymore. And uh, getting a divorce was very hard. And, um, but I think it was the best for everybody and I wouldn't be here today and I wouldn't be, uh, as I, it changed the way I think about a lot of things and, uh, for the better. And, uh, yeah, I, it was, uh, something that was not fun, but, uh, uh, made me a better person. Nice. I, you know what? That's actually, I'm glad you said, I mean, I'm a, uh, my parents got divorced when I was younger and I feel like I always like people always think the worst of it, but I, I feel like it's never talked about the best of it. Like it needed to happen where there's no regret, you know, like I think nobody really talks about that side of it, you know, where you're like, it's actually better for both people. You know, it doesn't have to be this, you know, thing that leaves you, you know, emotionally scarred for it. It's, Sometimes it's just the responsible thing and the best thing for everybody, no matter, like you said, it was hard at the time you went through it, but at the end of the day, sometimes that's the best choice. Yeah. So that's, I'm glad you said that, man. Um, thank you so much for coming on, dude. It was, it was an absolute blast to talk to you. You're awesome. Um, I, I really just loved having you on. I appreciate you guys inviting me. Yeah, this was great. Yeah, man. I, awesome. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing you again, and I hope we get yeah. the heads up because I really do want to purchase that NFT. He's going to do it. Goose. All right. Like, All right. Going He'll purchase it. <laughs> you got to come back with us, man. Will you come back yeah. on sometime? Oh, 100%. Soon? Awesome. Oh, Thanks so much, it. dude. Thank you so much, man. Nice meeting you. Such a pleasure. Peace. Have a great right. night, too. Right, take thanks. care. Dystopia Tonight.